Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by National Roper Supply. NRS has been providing quality Western wear and horse tack since 1989, and they are proud to be the number one Western store in the USA. From functional and fashionable Western wear and horse tack to essential livestock and horse supplies, NRS carries the products you need at prices you can afford. NRS is a one-stop shop for all things Western. NRS also carries our new line of modern cowboy brand apparel, caps, t-shirts, and hoodies, as well as the Cowboy Way protein powder. And for our listeners, use your special discount code, MODERNCOWBOY, at checkout for 10% off your entire purchase. And I just would like to thank all of you, our podcast listeners and customers, who have supported the Modern Cowboy brand and have been a part of our community since we launched in 2018, as well as all of the amazing guests who shared their stories on the show. Just remember, Modern Cowboy is the brand for the cowboy in all of us. Where are you cowboys and cowgirls at? Hey everybody, this is Dan Hillenbrand and welcome to Modern Cowboy, the podcast for the cowboy lifestyles and businesses around the world. I'm glad you're here, so sit back in your saddle and prepare to be inspired, motivated, educated, and entertained as I interview a new guest each week that embodies the modern cowboy. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Modern Cowboy Podcast. Uh, uh, I've got a super cool guest on today, uh, Skip Ransom. I, I actually uh, found out about Skip through TikTok initially, um, of all places. I was scrolling through <laughs> there, and I seen this this guy, you know, uh, just uh, speaking all these words of wisdom, basically. Uh, he's quite the wordsmith, and uh, he's he's got a uh, basically a brand, I guess, uh, called Ransom Notes, and uh, so anyway, I'm excited to talk to him, see how that all got started, and uh, just uh, get a little more insight into his life and, and everything he's got going on. So, Skip, welcome to the Modern Cowboy Podcast. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, you know, I've listened a few times to a few different guests, and, uh, you know, I'm just excited to be here. And I don't know, 
you mentioned that you wanted to find out how it started and I'm not sure if it's a brand or if it's just something that people can relate to because really all I do is run my mouth all day. You know, I don't, I don't, there's not, there's not a whole lot of uh, thought that goes into it. Um, but yeah, man, I'm excited to be here. So thank you for having me. Well, so when, when did you, when did you first like do your first post of, uh, you know, officially ransom notes itself? Okay. So, um, I believe it was November, 2000, no, September, 2018 is when I did the first one. And really I just kind of inadvertently made a post on Facebook at like 1130 at night, you know, like I, it, I didn't mean it to be anything. I was just, like I said, running my mouth. And so <laughs> I, uh, I made that post on there and, and it got out of hand. Like there was 1500 likes. It got shared 3000 times. It was nuts. Right. So I had a bunch of people message me and say, Hey, you should keep doing these. These are funny. So I kind of like, you know, started doing them regularly, uh, probably two or three weeks later and, uh, made a page for them and all this stuff. And, um, after that, it was like, 10,000 followers in three weeks. I had over 150,000 people reached in three weeks. I mean, it just blew up. And, uh, yeah, I got to do some cool stuff with that, man. I got invited to, uh, Las Vegas and, and, uh, the Cali brand. I don't know if you know, uh, Cali, but he invited me out there. Thomas Crow invited me out to his booth and Ian Munchik was playing music and I was just, you know, there and able to hang out. And, uh, since that point, man, we've, 8,600 followers on Instagram, all organic. And, uh, you know, I've, I know this is probably cliche to say, but I've got probably some of the best followers, I think, on Instagram. I mean, I've got top 15 cowboys, top 15 cowgirls. I've got everybody from, you know, the trail rider every once in a while to the, the hardcore, you know, 120 event cowboys. So uh, it's good, man. It's fun. Yeah. Unexpected. Very cool. Well, so just for some of the listeners here that, that may not uh, know of you yet, but they will, um, this is one of your last posts. All I know of she's using a draw flank and she doesn't have gloves on. She's cowboyer than you. That's, that's one of them. Uh, I just want to make enough money that I can go to the sale. And when my wife starts waving uh, her, her gal pals, uh, I can afford the six ball face heifers we didn't need. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, in like, like that, that, that came about because my wife and another one of her girlfriends were talking about how they wanted to go to, uh, Torrington and buy some pears. And I said, you're not going to go buy any damn pears of cows. Like you don't, we don't need them. We don't have room for them. I'm not building the fence for it, whatever. <laughs> and, uh, and so like, that's kind of how a lot of them come about is just, I like, I listen and observe to how people interact with each other in the Western industry space. Right. Uh, you know, and, and then I obviously I, I put a spin on it and, you know, make it my own vernacular. But it's that's what it is. I mean, it's you just listen to people talk and then you put a little inflection on it. And all of a sudden it's funny. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I like this one, too. Uh, those new shops are slick, but you know what's slicker? Paying your child support. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get a lot of love from, uh, I would say, uh, roughy <laughs> baby mamas. I would say that. Um, you know, I rode bulls for a little while and I was never very good at it, but I, I tried my damnedest. And, uh, I can remember quite a few guys being like, man, I got to ride my bull tonight or I got, you know, I'm, I'm not gonna be able to pay my child support. And 
I just remember laughing about that thinking, boy, that's got to be a tough way to try to make a living, you know? <laughs> yeah, ab- absolutely. That's, that's a fact. Oh, uh, so now you, um, you just mentioned that you, you rode bulls a little bit. Now you do some announcing too, as well, correct? Yeah. Yes, sir. I do. Yeah. Yeah. So take us back and just, you know, give us as much, you know, history and background on you, how, how you got started, you know, in, in the uh, cowboy rodeo lifestyle and, and just yeah. what's led up well, to now. I, uh, I was about, let's see, well, we'll start at the very beginning. So, um, before I was born, the June, July, before I was born, my mom and dad were headed to Cheyenne. Uh, and the day that they were headed there, Lane Frost, uh, had passed away because he had got hooked there and, uh, they were taken to the hospital and, and on the way to the hospital, he passed away. Well, they were on their way to the rodeo. And up until that point, when it came over the radio or however they found out about it, uh, I was kicking and moving and doing, doing whatever. And then the minute that they said that Lane Frost had passed away, I quit moving. They lost my heartbeat. I quit moving. My mom lost her mind. So they went to the hospital. Um, they couldn't find heartbeat for about, I don't know, three or four hours. They, they finally got it found. And I was just twisted up in there in, in a position where they couldn't find it or hear it. Um, and so my mom tells that story a little better than I do, obviously, because she was, she was more cognizant, but yeah. um, <laughs> When I was two, uh, the PBR had just become TV, you know, it was on TNN. And, uh, before that it was the BRO and, uh, I had watched bull riding on TV with my dad. That's just what we did. And when I was two years old, I told him, I said, I'm going to be a world champion bull rider. And he laughed and said, yeah, okay. Not, not in my house, you know, like that's too dangerous or whatever. And, uh, and my parents weren't real rodeo. They were, they were Western enthusiasts as far as like enjoying rodeo and Western sports, but they, they weren't rodeoing. And, uh, so time goes by, I'm seven years old. We have a County fair down by my house. And I tell my dad, like, I want to get on calves. And he says, Nope, your mother will kill me. And I said, dad, I got to do it. Like needs to be done. And I threw a fit and rolled around in the dirt, and, you know, <laughs> cried. He finally said that, all right, that's enough. We'll do it. So, um, I got on there and, and, uh, won my first buckle and that was it. I mean, the rest is history. I just, that's all I wanted to do is ride bulls. And so steers, you know, calves, steers, junior bulls, which really weren't junior bulls at the time. Cause I don't think anybody knew what that was until about seven years ago, but, uh, right. they were olds that every stock contractor wanted to get outs on. So, um, I was a crash dummy for a while and, and, uh, went to high school rodeo and was the high school rodeo president, uh, my senior year and voted off the floor. And, uh, that's it, man. Just went from there. I wish that I'd have been smarter about my bull riding. You know, I wish that I would have been more focused. Um, I wish I'd have run with better people at points. Um, but in that same context, if, if I can give some advice to some people, it's, uh, the biggest thing I preach now is that, you know, I'm 31, I'll be 32 in December. Um, and nothing on my body works correctly anymore. <laughs> and, um, I think riding at your level is very important. I think, uh, it's, it's not a matter of how cool do you look getting bucked off or, or nodding your head on a rank one. It's more about, can you dominate that level? So, um, I wish in, in my personal experience that I would have just done that. 
instead of trying to go to everything my friends were going to and, and getting wrecked out, you know, but uh, yeah, so I rode bulls until I was 29. Um, oh, so man, I, I mean, that's just up to a couple of years ago, huh? Yeah. Yep. Um, I landed on my head pretty hard and, uh, uh, I just, I couldn't turn my head for two weeks and I said, you know what, this is just not fun for me anymore. And I've done what I can do, I think in the sport of bull riding and my voice is getting me a lot further than my ride never did. So I'm just going to focus on announcing and, uh, and, and do that instead. So, yeah. Now, did, when, when did you first start announcing anyway, or when did you discover uh, that you had a desire to do that? Yeah. So I broke my collarbone senior year of high school. The first bull of the year I got on, he sunfished on me and landed on my shoulder, broke my neck, uh, fractured my neck and broke my shoulder, uh, collarbone. And, um, I was hurt, but I was a student president. So I had to go to all the rodeos anyway. And they just had like some mom or some dad up there, you know, doing their thing. And I went up there and I said, I want to do this and I'll do it for free. And they said, what? (laughs) They were like, do you know how? And I was like, no, I never done it before, but I like, I love it. I want to do it. So I got up there and uh, announced, I think six rodeos my senior year of high school, uh, unofficially never got paid for it, but I enjoyed it. I loved it. You know, being, being able to get the crowd going and kind of direct the energy of that event just really was cool to me. And, uh, you know, I grew up listening to Bob Tallman and Boyd Paul Hamas and, and Wayne Brooks and, you know, all these guys and Doug Mathis and all these guys that announced and I didn't really notice much that I was paying that much attention to the sound and and what they were saying. Right. But as I got older, I started to realize like, man, I wasn't paying attention to who was roping or who was flipping steers or who was getting on their bucking horses. I was more interested in how they were getting the crowd into the rodeo. And so I started paying attention to that. And then, uh, 2015. So I got out of the military in 2015, January, 2015 in, April of 2016, uh, Casey Decker, he owns uh, No Credit Bucking Bulls out here in Colorado, and uh, he had a, a ABBI fraternity event going on where they were bucking two-year-olds. And he said, "Hey, will you come announce this event?" And I said, "Sure." He said, "It pays a hundred bucks." I said, "I don't care what it pays, I'll do it." <laughs> so <laughs> I, I I bought my myself some little six-inch uh, amp speakers that they wouldn't push a damn. 300 square foot area right? and went to this beautiful indoor facility in, in Keensburg and I announced and they gave me a hundred bucks and I thought, Oh my gosh, this was the coolest thing I've ever done for money. And, uh, three weeks later, I just, well, a week later I decided that I said, you know what, I'm just going to try this out. So I sent emails to literally probably 50 committees right? and, uh, and said, look, this is what I do. This is what I'm, you know, trying to get to and charge and all this stuff. And, uh, the MBR, so I put that on Facebook. I put that everywhere. I sent some emails out the MBR, the miniature bull riders that Chris Shivers puts on with the Leal family there. Um, which by the way, has turned out some really phenomenal bull riders. Uh, Keyshawn Whitehorse is a product from there. Cannon Cravens is a product from there. Fletcher Jowers is a product. Um, John Krimber. Um, so anyway, so they called me, I was stocking shelves at Tractor Supply in in Cheyenne, Wyoming, and they called me and I answered my phone and they said, 
hey, this is uh, so-and-so from the NBR. We want to know what you charge to come out and do an event. An event. And I said, well, where is it? And, you know, they said, it's at Chris Shiver's house. And I was <laughs> like, what world? Like, Chris Shiver, my idol, you know, like yeah. we're about the same height. We're built kind of the same, you know, and I grew up watching him dominate bulls, yeah. you know? Yeah. So I get this phone call and I said, well, this is what it would cost me to go. And they said, okay, we'll call you back. They called me back in 10 minutes. They said, all right, you got the deal. Here's the dates. You got to be down here at this day or whatever. And I was like, what in the hell just happened? So <laughs> I go to my boss at Tractor Supply. I said, look, I quit. And I, I, went <laughs> home. I went home and I told my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, and I said, uh, hey, I quit my job today. And she said, why? And I said, <laughs> I said well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go announce rodeos full time. And she was like, you don't have any rodeos to announce. And I said, well, the NBR just called me and we're going to Chris Shiver's house in two weeks. And she was, she's never backed up from like anything I've ever wanted to do. She's always just been real supportive and stuff. But I have a feeling that in that moment, she was probably thinking like, you are dumb. Like, you <laughs> so anyway, fast forward and, and we go down there, uh, met Chris Shivers, you know, and he's just the coolest guy on the planet you know he's super humble super easy to get along with uh you know big big joker likes to fool around and, and you know get people and stuff but uh it's fun we went down there and did a great job and they paid me 1200 bucks and i thought there's no way that i can do this like this is more money than i make in a month i can't <laughs> right <laughs> can't be real you know so we uh from there, it just, man, I picked up a little summer rodeo uh, series in Fraser, Colorado, and I did that one every Saturday for two years and then just went from there. And this last uh, October, you know, the PBR was, was they did a great job of getting bull riding back to TV and getting bull riding back to normal. Yeah. Sean uh, Gleason did a great job with that. And uh, I was able to announce the, P the NBR World Finals there in the PBR fan zone, which, um, in the grand scheme of things, it's not a huge deal, but to be less than a 200 yards from the world finals where, you know, guys like Matt West and, and Clint Atkins, who I think is the best announcer in rodeo. I don't care who has any other opinion. That man is solid. He, no one works harder than he does. Uh, you know, Scott Grover and, you know, um, Flint Rasmussen and, and, all these guys. Right. Yeah. And I'm that close, you know, and I'm, I'm able to be in that area and that presence and that energy is the same. And, you know, Brad, I'll never forget, you know, Brad Narducci came up to me, probably one of the best sound guys in, in rodeo. Um, I was announcing in, at the NBR finals and my sound was a little off. So Brad came up and adjusted the sound for me without even saying anything. And then he says, Hey, you're doing a great job, man. Keep it up. We'll see you soon. And coming from a guy like that who works with the best in the business all the time, it just gave me this, this boost of confidence. Like I'm, I'm where I'm supposed to be quitting my job five years ago. <laughs> a bad idea. Um, you know, and I got to, you know, before that, two years before that, I guess 2018. Yeah. I got to work with Scott Grover and, uh, and be on ride pass at a MBR event. And when, when that happened, at first I was like, I was a little taken back, you know, right. I was like, why well, doctor over here? First of all, like that guy's way too big to be here. Um, 
and Rod Pass was there, you know, and, and I met Scott and, uh, and he'll probably kick me in the ass for saying this, but he, uh, he was kind of like, no, nah, I wouldn't say rude, but he was dang sure like at a distance, you know, like he introduced himself and was like, I am Scott, you know, and he's like, but I'm the, I'm the guy here, you know? Right. And, and so the, and I didn't know this until after the event, but so we get together and we're working together. And after the event, he's like, Hey man, you did a great job. Here's my phone number. If you need anything, call. And I was like, Oh man, that's wild. Like I, you know, yeah. I look up to that guy. I watch him, you know, announce him like, Holy shit. Yeah. And so we, we get done and the CEO of ride pass is there. And he's like, look, if, if, if you're not good tomorrow, we're going to take you off camera and Scott's going to do it himself. And I was like, well, that ain't going to happen. So, <laughs> so we went, you know, we went through the whole event and it was great. We did a great job. And, and, uh, and Scott really like, he really gave me some, some pointers and helped me out. And by the end of it, you know, now, now I text him and, and we, we talk not regularly, but enough that if I need anything, I can call. Him. And, yeah. uh, you know, and so, so from that point forward, it's just been this progression of, getting better and, you know, just grinding on that craft since 2000, I would say 2016 is when I really got, got going. Right. So, and is this something that you're looking to, I mean, do full-time, you know, ultimately, or are you doing it more full-time now? Um, I mean, 2020 was a weird year. Yeah. And yeah. I was fortunate enough to go and, and go more than other guys. I'll say, um, but as far as a career, yeah, um, I would love it to be my full-time job um, because to me, it's not a job. You know, right. the month I started a landscape company this year, I bought another landscape company and then kind of incorporated some other stuff. And so I, I took the spring and, and didn't schedule any rodeos. I didn't schedule any rodeos in early summer. I had a couple of events, um, but not much. Starting Friday, we've got somewhere close to 12 events in the next five weeks. So we'll be pretty busy, um, you know, going to the Colorado Pro Rodeo Associations and announcing those. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm working. I, I submitted my PRCA uh, packet. And so sometime in the next five weeks, they'll be evaluating me. And uh, announcing is tough, man. It's really tough because – it's not so much are you good enough to do it at that level. It's more about who noticed who first to get you to that level. Right. Um, you know, for instance, I've worked with Scott Grover. Matt West has heard me announce. Brad Narducci's heard me announce. Um, Mr. Jones has heard me announce. Um I've been around the people that are at that elite level. Right. And I've also been around people that are at that elite level that shouldn't be. Right. Right. So you just have to just work your butt off and not let anything get in the way of grinding because right. in the world of, of announcing, everybody wants to be a Bob Tolman. Everybody wants to be, you know, a Wayne Brooks or a Hadley yeah. Barrett or, or they, everybody wants to emulate somebody else. 
And the best advice I ever got, um, actually in the sport of rodeo for announcing was be yourself. Yeah. Because when you get to that level, a lot of guys change who they are to try to fit in or, or be proof to somebody, you know? Um, and then that, that kind of leads them to be pushed out because of that, instead of just being who they were when they got discovered, quote unquote. Yeah. Uh, so I'm just trying my, my very best man to, to be a high level professional, to be, you know, the very best that I can be at this level that I'm at dominate this level. And when I get to that next level, there will be no question. Right. You know, but, but I, if, if you want the bull rider side of me, I believe I'm the best. Yeah. I believe I'm, I'm one of the best in the country and, and, one day I'll get that shot. But right now, yeah, I'm working on it to be my, my professional career. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you kind of related that back to when you talked about looking back at your bull riding that if you thought, you know, when you were riding bulls, you, if you would have just stayed at the level you were at, you know, and dominated that level without trying to, you know, go to the next level before you're ready to, uh, you're kind of doing that with your announcing, you know, you're, you're going to dominate this level that you're at. And then when you're ready to ascend to that, that next level, you'll be ready for it. Well, you know, I think that that's true in everything in life. And, and I have, I have this undiagnosed ADHD, but right. I, I have a terrible time, like really focusing on, on one thing, you know, and, uh, patience. I'm not very good at waiting. I'm not very good at being like, okay, it'll come, it'll come, you know? Um, but I am a, a Christian and I, and I do know that God's timing is, is always perfect and he, he never fails or forsakes you, but it is frustrating to watch guys that aren't as good as you or that haven't worked as hard as you. Right. And because of who they know, they're somewhere that you want to be. Right. And it's, it's a game of attrition, right? It's a game of attrition. So if you're not willing to dominate at the level that you're at and let the weak guys or the, the not so good guys weed themselves out, right. Then you're going to, ultimately you're going to put yourself in a position where you're causing yourself damage either financially or, um, you know, reputation wise, or people just aren't going to look at you the same as if you put your head down, went to work and, and did everything possible at your level. Right. So when, when your level is what your level is and you're killing it, and you're not moving up as fast as you want to. That's when that antsy, you know, that that like anticipation to want to go right uh, comes into play. And so I try really, really hard <laughs> to remember, like, okay, you're here, you're building, you know, character skills, and you're learning how to run an event, and you're learning how to and when to say things, and all this other stuff. And um, so for me, I l- I look at it as a learning opportunity. Um, and I translate a lot of the army training that I had into my work. Right. In a, you know, it, every day is a, is an opportunity to, to train and get better. Yeah. And there's no point in rushing it because yeah. it'll come when it's yeah. supposed to come. Come. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I just gotta, I gotta mention you, you talked about Chris Shivers and, and I mean, he is, you know, one of my all time favorite, you know, bull riders and he always was just, it's kind of, I mean, always just so humble and, and, 
you know, soft spoken to, to a certain degree, uh, you know, in terms of, you know, uh, just the way he presented himself in, 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 in bull riding. And, but I'll tell you when he retired, man, that was, uh, that, that was, uh, like heart wrenching. Uh, uh, I just, I remember that like it was yesterday. And, uh, well, you know, I, I watched that guy ride hmm. Dylan and he, his legs barely went past his, his, his damn knots in his bull rope. Right. You know, and, and Chris will probably kick me in the butt for saying it. <laughs> he's five foot four, you know, he's right. like this, he's this little guy, but he's solid as a brick. Oh yeah. And he, he's athletic almost the same way that JB is athletic where he wasn't in gym every day. I'm sure he worked out a little, but he's right. not going to every day. You know, he's got a trucking company, so he was working, right. you know, and, and his wife is the nicest lady on the planet. Yeah. But I promise you, she's the one that's handling that stick. You know, <laughs> she's like, Oh, that's enough. <laughs> uh, so she allowed Chris to really go and be a, the bull rider that he was. And he dominated at that level because he understood the mechanics of riding bulls right he wasn't afraid to get out over the front end of a bull he wasn't afraid to let go and spur on one and that was my favorite thing about him isn't yeah i mean if you wanted to watch a spur ride watch chris shiver yeah you know and now it's jose vittor to me that guy there like you watch that guy cheat a corner and lift his leg and you're like oh my god he's gonna <laughs> cut half you know yeah uh, and so I, I think it's it's exciting to be able to to have grown up in that era with J.W. Hart, um, you know, Ross Coleman, Chris Shivers, Justin McBride, to name the bull riders. And then in the bull side of it, I got to watch Locomotive Breath and Dillinger and Promised Land and Chicken on a Chain and Masio <laughs> and Little Yellow Jacket and all these bulls that have laid the foundation for what these great bulls are today. Yeah. All these cowboys that laid a great foundation for what we're watching today. Yeah. I feel like I've been a part of the greatest generation in bull riding, at least to a certain degree um, in my life. And I think as a fan of bull riding, because I was a fan before I was anything else, I think right. that that's the greatest, you know, takeaway for me is like, I get just as excited when the freaking fireworks go boom and it's bull riding time and we're about to buck some of the best. That is my, I, my heart race is the same way it did when I was putting my rope on one, you know? And yeah. to me, I'm like, man, if I can take that same energy and just run that for two hours, why would I not want to do that for a living? Why would I not want to be Chris Shivers on a mic for the rest of my life? Right. You know? Absolutely. It's funny. You mentioned uh, chicken on chain. I just, I don't know if it was yesterday or the day before my wife and I, we, we were doing something and just out of the blue, I don't know if, I don't know what it was, but I said something about chicken on a chain. I said, you know what? My, fa my favorite name for a bull ever was chicken on a chain. I just love that name, yeah. dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that bull there, uh, probably one of the scariest bulls to, to be around in person. Really? Um, he was so tall and so long. Like he looked a lot like I'm legit too. Right. But twice his size. Um, and I remember, <clears throat> In, at an event and just looking at that bull going how how do you ride that bull you know <laughs> uh you know and then you to in today's bull riding the bulls are getting bigger 
there was a small period of time where they wanted him to be short and fast and, you know, spin really quick and, right. and not kick really hard. Um, and now we're getting these bulls that really jump in the air and really kick in the air, you know, riding solo is probably the best example for that or uh, Viper. Um, those two bulls there, I think Cord owns both of them, but they, they both are just big showy animals. You know, they buck, they're kind of like all over the place. You got heartbreak kid who, in my opinion, I know Wupa and I know Chiseled and I know all those bulls are sitting in the top five. Right. But that bull right there, that heartbreak kid, he is he's lightning in a bottle type rank. He's 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 a he's an unorthodox built kind of bull. Right. He's more of a Brazilian type bull as yeah. far as what bucks. And the American guys get really deep holds with their feet. Whereas the Brazilian guys kind of let those bulls drag them around and they still can't ride it. So (laughs) I don't know, I don't know what that bull's doing or I don't know what they're feeding him down there in Oklahoma, but man, the bulls that we're getting to watch today, um, it makes it exciting when, when you can announce guys that are getting on bulls that, you know, it's going to be a a show and bulls. Oh, this could be huge. Yeah. You know, I think last year we saw more 90 plus point rides than any other year in PBR history. Um, I know just off the top of my head, Jose has got 14, I think now 90 point rides yeah. this year. He's got 14, 90 point rides <laughs> this year. We're six months in. Yeah. They got, got four and a half more months of, of bull riding to go. And I, I just feel like, how do you not put him in the hall of fame? How do you, yeah. he rides bulls that you don't ride, you yeah. know, that aren't supposed to be ridden and he rides them like they're nothing. Right. You know, it's just, it, it's wild, man. It's, we live in such a great time in rodeo right now and Western sports. I just, God, we're just blessed. Yeah. It's only blessed. I agree. I agree, man. So you, you live in Colorado then, huh? That's where you're at. Yeah. Yep. We live on the front range, uh, about 40 miles South of Denver. Um, in, uh, up against the foothills, you know, we, we got a little 10 acres spot there with some grass and the dog and the wife. That's what, that's where we're at. Very cool. Then you, you got, do you have horses at all or you no, ride at all? My wife's got some horses, but they stay at her mom's house in Cheyenne. Like I said, I don't have the fence built, man. Oh, I, gotcha. I, <laughs> you know how the cobbler's shoes, the last one to get fixed. Absolutely. Everybody <laughs> else's yard looks great. Everybody yeah. else's great my house looks it's not it's not in good shape you know we shouldn't talk about it but uh <laughs> got horses you know but um, they stayed at her mom's house in cheyenne yeah yeah so now do you do you, you just say you you start a landscape company you bought another company uh do you guys yeah. do maintenance landscape do you do hardscapes you do a little yeah. everything we we do a little bit of everything the, the maintenance side of things is the biggest part of the company right. um and then the hardscape side is we're getting busier. I mean, there's so much growth in Colorado. It's out of hand, but yeah. Uh, yeah. We're, we're, we're not short on work, but we're short on help for yeah. sure. Yeah. I think uh, it's, I think it's pretty much that way everywhere right now too. You know? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I'll say this candidly. I offered a guy a thousand dollars cash in hand and three day work weeks at 40 hour pay. And he told me he had to think about it. And at that point I was like, <laughs> what you have to think about, man. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't understand. Turn down $780 a week for three days of work. I don't know. Like that doesn't make any sense to yeah. me, but, 
uh, you know, but it is what it is. But, you know, yeah, it's, it's good. It's been really good. It's um, I've, I've been wanting to be my own boss for a long time and really not being able to announce as much is what drove that. Right. Um, I, I knew I needed to do something to at least have an income. Right. But also I needed flexibility to be able to go when I needed to go. And um, you, you can't do that unless you're, you're your own boss. Yeah, and yeah. so it's been good, man. But I, I can tell you that I've never turned a bull out in my life, but I'd turn this son bitch out if somebody asked me to do it again. Yeah. <laughs> Starting to fit. It's the hardest thing I've ever done. It's scary. It's expensive. Uh, you know, the risk and the rewards sometimes are not, <laughs> they don't line up the way you thought they would, but, right. uh, you know, but there's also on the other side of that, there's also nothing more. I'm not any more proud of anything than being able to say, you know what, I'm just going to do it on my own and, and we'll make it happen. So, yeah, absolutely. Well, and it's smart too, though, you know, to have, uh, uh, you know, uh, another business and, uh, you know, you, you don't have all your, all your eggs in one basket. I mean, I know a lot of people say, Hey, you know, you got to burn the bridges and stuff, but you do that at a certain time. So I, yeah. think, it, I, I think it's, I think it's smart of you to, to do that. And, uh, yeah. And, and a lot of people, man, a lot of people wanted me to make ransom notes, something, you know, they wanted it to be a brand, like an apparel brand or, right. Or something, you know, and, and I have like, I say this and people get so frustrated, but I have zero desire to compete in the apparel market. Right. I just, there is so many people there already. Um, we put out one t-shirt with a, a Gallup and Idaho buckshot brand and it did overwhelmingly better than everything else that she had. Right. Like it, it's sold out. She's, you know, it's all over the place. It's, and I, I was like, well, that's cool. You know, but right. for me, when I, when I think of what ransom notes is for me, it's a way to maybe shine some light on areas of rodeo that people that aren't involved don't know about in a yep. funny way that kind of is getting somebody's goat, you know, and, and it might make people get a little like, ah, you know, but it's also funny. And yeah. so that, that helps, you know, but for me, it's, it's a philanthropic thing. If, if, if I could make ransom notes, something um, man, I, I would want it to be a place where you, you made a donation and you got a hat, you know, and we, we put that money towards high school rodeo kids, or we, we put it towards injured bull riders, or we, you know, we did something, you know? Right. Right. Uh, so I, I, in lieu of making that a brand, um, I've partnered with bull Kings, uh, since last year, okay. year and a half now. And, uh, you know, they do great stuff for bull riders and in, in injured bull riders. And they, they really do a good job. Uh, Thomas does a great job um, at taking care of guys that need it. Yeah. And I, I couldn't not get behind it, you know, um, because bull riding is such a dangerous sport and guys that are going at it a hundred miles an hour, they don't have time to have a job. Right. You know, they, they might day work and fix fence and ride horses, whatever, but they can't go get a job and really go to a hundred rodeos a year. They can't do it. So, um, I just, I partnered with them and, and they've been great and it's been fun to be able to kind of push that message and say, you know, there's a place to go with your money. It's going to make a positive impact. Um, and that's what I'd like to do with ransom notes. So if any of your listeners out there have an idea that they'd like to, to, you know, shoot me a, a DM or something on Instagram and, and, 
we'll spitball around and figure it out because it's got to be something. Right, right. <laughs> you know, I've, I've got a following that's pretty good, and it's got to be something. Right. Um, so I just I haven't made anything because I don't know what the hell to make it. To be right. honest, I don't know what it would be. Right now, you do you do you have some sponsors for your for your announcing or? I do. Uh, I, I do. I, I partnered with Wrangler this year. Um, I got Beck sunglasses. Those guys are great. Yeah. Um, I won't ever wear another pair. I've, I've only ever worn Beck's for the last five years. And then this last year, um, you know, I became a brand rep for them and it's just been great. You know, those guys are awesome. My eyes are always taken care of. Yeah. Um, and then I've got bull Kings, you know, so um, those guys are I mean, shoot, man, they, they got us a barrel for my barrel man this year. They got us, you know, they hooked me up with shirts. I'm wearing a shirt right now. So, right. um, you know, they're, they're those three, they're probably the biggest ones. Um, American hat. I'm working on them. I'm going to get that American hat deal one day. Uh, I mean, that's all I wear, but, uh, as far as sponsorships go, that's probably it. And, uh, monetarily, uh, bull Kings is, is the only monetarily sponsored, you know, endorsement. But, um, for me, it, it's not about the sponsorships. I like representing good companies. I like right. good companies to be a part of what I'm doing. And it means more when a company's like, Hey, wear our product or use our product, Um, because we believe in what you're doing. Right. Uh, it's, you know, it's like the same thing is dominate at your level. Right. You get to the next level, you get, the bigger piece of pie. Right. So, um, it's just one of those things where I've got great, I've got great support. Uh, you know, I've got a lot of people that support me. My wife is great. Um, my family's great, but there's some companies out there that I have been partnered with before. Um, that just didn't after a while, they just, their message wasn't the same or, you know, they, whatever. So I try to keep the companies I'm involved with. I, tr I try to keep them, to companies that I believe are doing the right things and, and go in the right direction. So, yeah, absolutely. Well, Hey, speaking of that and speaking of, uh, of companies, uh, I always ask everybody, uh, do you have a favorite, favorite hat brand? And I think you might have already answered that. Um, as far as like manufacturer or just maker like, fa favorite cowboy hat. Oh man. Look, um, I am, I am as, I love American hats and I wear them exclusively. Uh, the, the Bangora American, you just, yeah. you can't, cannot ruin that hat. It's been rained on. It's like, I got married in that hat, you know, um, <laughs> I got wrecked out and destroyed my knee last April, uh, 52 days or something before I got married, shattered my whole knee. Oh, just, I shattered the tibia, the fibia, uh, flipped my meniscus over, tore my MCL, my ACL, just ruined it. Um, I was standing in the back pins drinking a beer, and a bull came through there and run me over, and that was just the way it was, right? Oh man! I had that, I had that wedding hat on. <laughs> I was, I wasn't supposed to be wearing that American hat. Okay, my wife was so mad. She, she's like, "Your hat's ruined," and we picked it up. <laughs> I, we wiped it all off and it had a pinhole in it in the very back of the brim, right before you got to like the edge of the brim, it had a pinhole in it. That was it. That's the only thing wrong with it. <laughs> and, uh, so I called, I called Dan at best hat store and I said, Dan, I got a problem. 
And I said, man, I, I need a new, I need a new hat. I think for my wedding. And he was like, well, I'm not sending you a new hat for your wedding. I shaped that one. That one should be good to go. <laughs> so we, uh, we fixed it up, um, you know, and then got it right, but you can't ruin them. And yeah. so if I'm going to recommend a hat to somebody and I've worn them all, I mean, I've had rodeo King, I've had, uh, all of them Stetson resist all, uh, an American, in my opinion, they just make a better hat. It's, it's a quality hat. It's a good hat. The people that work there, uh, Katie Lynn and Cody Crawford and, yeah. and all those, all those people, man, they're just great to deal with and work with. And they take care of you. Customer service is on point all the time. And, um, you know, I, I'm a big believer in if you want to be where your heroes are, then you got to do the same things that they're doing. And that yeah. doesn't mean be unauthentic, but it means be a part of the same circle, right? Yeah. So American hat company is that's the hat in pro rodeo. That's the hat at the PBR. Yeah. Uh, and so I just feel like, all right, if I'm going to be at that level, then I need to wear the best, you know? And so I wear American hats and I wouldn't recommend anything else to anybody else. Very cool. Yeah, I actually had the opportunity to go to their hat shaping school down there, so that was that was oh, a, really? it was a cool deal, yeah. And yeah, uh, awesome. and Cody, he uh, that guy's one of the best hat shapers around. I mean, because they have a lot of practice hats you practice on, but I'll tell you what, man, that guy could take a hat, one of those hats that's just, I mean, you think there's yeah. nothing you could do with it, and, and he's got an eight, an eight step move for hats, and it's. I'm telling you, it's seamless, and they just come out looking amazing. But uh, yeah, I agree with you, and I and I've had. Uh, you know, Keith Monday on the podcast and, and I know Keith and, and just, uh, they're just a great, great company, great organization. And, uh, they stand for uh, a lot of great things. So. I yeah, agree. no, they're the best. And, and I feel like, you know, it's a biased opinion a lot of times because everybody's like, Oh, American hats, American hats, American hats. I have never worn a hat that's withstood what American hats can withstand. I've never like, I mean, I've packed that thing in the heat, in the car, in yeah. the humidity and it, you know, my felt hat, man, I got a midnight blue denim, uh, felt hat and it is, it's the coolest hat in the world. Yeah. First of all, because it's Navy blue and two or three guys at the NFR were wearing one when I went and it, it was like, all people could talk about was that blue hat. Yeah. Yeah. That's and a, so, that's a cool color. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't like it at first. My wife's the one that was like, you'll be all right. That's a nice hat. I'm like, I don't know, man. Navy blue, like, whoa, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a black hat, white straw kind of guy. Like that's it, you know? And so I put it on and I, I finally was like, all right, this thing's nice, you know? So, yeah. but yeah, they just make a good hat, good quality yeah. hat. Yeah. How about boots? You got a favorite uh, brand or maker of boots? Tony Llama. Yeah. Tony Llama is the, the most comfortable pair of boots that I have ever put on my feet. Um, I put them on to announce, you know, I wear them to announce and I can stand on my feet for three hours straight, 10 hours straight, sometimes depending on what I'm announcing. Yeah. And they are the most comfortable pair of boots and they look nice that, you know, you can dress them up or you can wear them to go, you know, move cows or whatever. And, and they're the best boots. And in my opinion, they're the best. How about, how about Western movies, cowboy movies? You got a favorite movie or? Oh man, this is probably going to be, I don't know, controversial maybe, huh? <laughs> Cowboy well, Way, oh, probably, love, probably my favorite one. Eight Seconds is up there. Uh, Lonesome Dove is probably rounding out the top five. In chronological order, I'd have to say Cowboy Way, Eight Seconds, uh, Tombstone, 
Shit. Cowboy up probably, and then actually, you know, the outlaw Josie Wales, and then Lonesome Dove. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the well, the cow, uh, the cowboy way. That was a great movie, man. That oh was, man, <laughs> how could you not? How could you not like? Just, I mean, that movie is is ridiculous. First of all, because yes. it's just it's like two guys that just went to New York. Went <laughs> there, but you know, it's just a great, it's a great, funny movie. Kind of a a slapstick comedy type thing but you know woody harrelson in that movie is and Kiefer sutherland it's just they're hilarious classic you know Kiefer sutherland actually got into a team roping during that that time and oh, was actually, yeah he was actually going to uh the uscrc ropings and stuff that was um back then it was it was it, wow. it, yeah pretty interesting that's wild you know things you never know yeah yeah like that, who's that fella on uh gray's anatomy dr weber Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. James Pickens Jr. Yeah, I had him on the podcast. Yeah, that that dude's roping. He's a roping fool. I yeah. had no idea. Yeah, yeah. He he talks about how he had this roping dummy out there um on in Burbank at this on set at the studio, and people are looking <laughs> at him like, yeah, very very cool oh, though. Man. No, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, hey Skip, man. Hey, we're we're getting towards the end of our time here, so I just uh, uh man, I it's just great having you on. Really enjoyed it and. uh I'm looking forward to just watching your career. I, I can see you, uh, you know, right there at the top, uh, announcing that PBR World Finals here one of these days. So, well, you know, like I tell Matt all the time, I love you, brother, but I want your damn job. So, <laughs> I, uh, I appreciate that sentiment, man. It's been fun being on here. Anytime I can get on, uh, you know, any platform really and talk about rodeo, it's it's my passion. Uh, you know, I used to like riding bulls and now I just like to be able to, uh, educate people on rodeo and, and inform them, get them excited about it. Um, you know, I think rodeo is a community that just because you don't wear cowboy boots every day and a hat every day, doesn't mean you can't be, uh, you know, deeply involved in rodeo. It's, it's a place where number one, I wouldn't raise my kids anywhere else, but rodeo, um, it teaches you such good values and respect and discipline uh, and so I think all those things are just in today's world, especially. Yeah, I, I'm excited anytime I can talk to anybody about rodeo. So I appreciate yeah. you having me on. Absolutely. And, and just like what you said, I mean, uh, you know, people don't have to wear cowboy boots every day. They don't, you know, they don't have to live on a ranch or whatever. And, and that's what modern cowboy is all about. It's about it, this brand is a brand for the cowboy and all of us, you know, and everybody somewhere in their heart has that, you know, that desire to, uh, you know, be like that iconic image, you know, and, and I think, like you said earlier, uh, the PBR has been just a major force in being able to bring the cowboy rodeo and Western lifestyle and culture into mainstream. Yeah, for sure. You know, um, I, I wasn't sure if I was going to say this on here or not, but, um, one of my favorite influencers right now, uh, in the Western space is Courtney Dehoff. Um, and you, you may know her, uh, she, I, I I had her on the podcast. Yeah. So she is, she never replies to my comments, but we'll get to that <laughs> later. But I think she's honestly, I think she's one of the best advocates for not just women in the Western space, but I think everybody, um, because she takes a lot of that same attitude about, you know, you don't have to be punching cows and, you know, riding waspy colts and stuff to be a cowboy. Uh, Right. You know, her brand, Fancy Lady Cowgirl, is kind of the same mantra as the modern cowboy, where it's like, look, anybody can do this as long as you have yep. the values of hard work and determination and that never give up 
type of attitude and you yeah. right thing, you know, even when no one's watching kind of deal, that's what makes you a cowboy. Um, and yeah. I think the rodeo part of it is just a little cherry on top. You know, the, it, yep. what people get to, to witness and be around it and come together as a community. So I, I'm just blessed to be a part of it. I'm glad I got to be on here and talk to you. Uh, you know, I think what you're doing is great. And, um, you know, I wish you all the, all the best and, and luck. And I hope that, uh, you know, the modern cowboy just blows up. Yeah. I, I appreciate that. And, and, uh, you know, where is the best place for people to follow you and follow ransom notes? Uh, Instagram, uh, skip ransom notes at skip ransom notes. Um, I have TikTok and I have Facebook. I don't use those platforms as much uh, yeah. just because I'm so busy. But uh, yeah. Instagram is, is really where you're going to be able to find me. Um, you're going to be able to keep up with my family, with me, with my rodeo schedule. And, of course, you know, me running my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do a good job at well, it, Skip. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I think I think you're a smart guy, and uh, you know, I think I think what you're doing is 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 super cool. And you know, like you said, it, it is comedy too. You know, so uh, and and comedy is meant to be funny. Like you said earlier, you know, that sometimes you know someone may be a little bit offended. Well, you know, if your feelings hurt, take them out and rub them because it's like that's what comedy is about. You know, and it, the way that I look at it is this, man: if I make a ransom note and it ruffles your feathers. Maybe you ought to go fix whatever was, you know, causing you to be roughed up. Because honestly, like, you know, I can tell you right now, and I'm not ashamed to say it. I was probably a bet. I wish they would have made bull riding seven seconds because I'd have been a world champion, right? <laughs> yeah. And, and there's so many guys out there that ride bulls, that get on bulls. I shouldn't even say they ride them. They get on them. They get bucked off. And then they get frustrated with me when I say something on the mic like, well, you probably should put that bull rope down because you don't need that anymore. <laughs> You know, they, they get mad at me and I'm thinking to myself, like, man, look, that was that was a, a small little bit to get 500 people to laugh at your expense. And you know that that wasn't the effort you should have been putting out, you know. So I think if, if people are frustrated with what I'm saying or whatever, um, I get a lot of people that a lot of females when I make a buckle bunny joke, uh, right. they get highly upset. <laughs> um <laughs> You know, and they're like, well, I wear denim shorts and I go to bull runs and I don't know. And, and I'm like, look, it ain't about you. OK, it's about the general population of what that represents, you know. So, um, you know, comedy has always been something that I've enjoyed. I've always liked making people laugh and um, I just get to do it in a, in a space that I know a little bit about. So it's been fun. Yeah, very cool. Well, hey, Skip, thanks again, man. I, I appreciate you coming on and uh, I, I'm sure I'll end up running to you. Uh, down the road sometime you're going to be out in vegas this year at the, at the i will i'll be out there the second week uh the 8th through the 13th and then i'll be down in queen creek uh arizona um the 17th to the 19th of december and then again in october the 8th through the 10th i'll be down in queen creek so um i'll make it a point to come see you and uh you know we'll, we'll get together and hang out maybe we'll rope something down there huh Absolutely. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm in Wickenburg, but we're, we're down. Uh, I mean, I used to, we used to live right there, um, in Gilbert too. Yep. And actually we're, we're looking at getting another place there, but, uh, so we're down there all the time. So when you come out and you're out here, uh, be sure and remind me yep. and then, uh, we'll definitely, we'll definitely. Hook yeah, up. I'll hit you up, man. Well, thanks for having me on. God bless you. Have a good day. You, yeah. You bet. You too. Uh, thanks. Kid. Bet. Bye. 
legendary men Sons of the desert and riders on the wind I got a restless spirit burning deep inside of me I ain't got much, but I'm free I've always been one to do it my own way I'm making my living between the saddle and the stage I don't know nobody, nothing Everything I got's my own Some say I'm just a man to the bone I'm a cowboy, yes I am I was born to rope and ride From the radio to the rodeo, I'm gonna do my thing. I don't compromise on nothing. What you see is what you get. I may be broken, busted, but they ain't killed me yet. I'm a cow. 